This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, and welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. But if you're joining us for the very first time, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 44. I'm Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and my face is falling off, Nick, because (laughs) I went up north for the holidays and I came back to Los Angeles, and apparently... All that smoke in the air is still here, man, because I was fine when I was away, but now that I'm back, blah, 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 I feel horrible. But I did have a wonderful Mismas. How was yours? Oh, it was fantastic. It's 84 degrees outside still, it's, so it's balmy winter here in Los Angeles. Ah, uh, so. yes. The lovely uh, weather in Los Angeles. I'm in shorts and flip-flops, so I, I'm not complaining one bit. So. I'm in less than that. Uh, but that being said, we did have the holidays edition of Raw and SmackDown this week. Uh, lots of Christmas trees and presents littered the entranceway to the arena and the ring. Uh, overall, pretty entertaining, but not a whole lot of storylines. I have a feeling they kind of sat back and cooled their heels a little bit. Really? Uh, you think so? For the most part, there was definitely, they're, they're still, you know, they still chug along. They still have, things have to go on, yeah. but there was definitely a lot of kind of, you know, circling the drain and, and rumination. And, and rumination and, and spinning the wheels, if you will. Yeah. But uh, there were some big things that happened this week. We do have to discuss those. So before we get into Raw and SmackDown, let's talk about the big news. Well, the big news starting things off is we have brand new Raw Tag Team Champions out of nowhere. Out of left field. Apparently, Vince McMahon made this call in the afternoon of Raw. (laughs) He wanted wanted a title change on the Christmas Raws. It's the first Christmas Raw ever live I think ever they were saying yeah so the first ever live christmas raw and ever and we oh. had tag champs new tag champs and by the way new tag champs i don't know if anyone saw coming because as we've noted last week on the show dean ambrose out with an injury uh and so seth and dean no longer a tag team so this week for some reason uh nepotism Jason Jordan was put into a tag team with Seth Rollins against the bar, and by God, they pulled it off. Uh, my whole reaction to this was, what? <laughs> Seriously? Uh, I, I expected some kind of angle with, no pun intended, uh, with Roman Reigns coming out to interfere. Something it, it, 
that what happened to the shield? Like we had the whole shield reunion build up and everything, and then well, it was kind gone. of a crap start to it. You know what I mean? Like it it it, it started off kind of eh, it, uh, what the Miztourage brought them back, and then with the bar kind of subbed in, and then the then Roman got the mumps, and it was just all kind of rocky a rocky start, and it was a whimper of a finish. It's done. Dean's out with injury. The whole thing was kind of it was kind of a nothing thing. It was it was it, it did its basic purpose, which was to soften up people's feelings about Roman Reigns. Okay. So it, it accomplished that purpose. Sure. And then it went away. And, you know, in its defense, it, it has been left in a place where they could come back to it really easily. They left themselves a lot of open ends on the Dean Ambrose injury. He could come back heel. He could come back and save Seth Rollins later down the road. All kinds of things that happened. And now they've given them themselves the extra angle of inserting Jason Jordan into this whole thing, which just on... The way that they did it on Monday, I actually, I actually really liked it. They kept Jordan doing the kind of whiny bitch heel face thing that he's doing, which is really great. They've been doing a good job with it. Uh, he's just annoying, and he's like, he's telling Seth backstage before the match, like, "I'm going to be better than Dean Ambrose." And Seth's going, "You're no Dean Ambrose." He's like, "That's right, I'm better." And it was just, it's so smarmy. And then he's the one, Jason Jordan's the one who got the pin on Cesaro for the win to get the belts. And no one looked more surprised than than Seth. So, and this now is intriguing going forward. Like, how are they going to work as a tag team? How is the plot going to go? You know, there's rumors that they're tr- they're still backstage. They're still thinking of Jason Jordan as a as a face, which I don't know how they. I don't can. get that at all. I don't know how they can at this point. Like, they built such a great heel character with him that's not really heelish. But it's well, that is excuse me, that it is heelish. But he doesn't think of himself as a heel, and he's not really portrayed as a heel. He's just annoying, and people can't stand him, and it's great. Uh, so I don't know what they're gonna, where they're going to go with this. I, I think that the, the the tension between the potential tension between him and Seth as a tag team could make for great TV. Yeah, and you could have this, you know, have him turn on Seth in the middle of a tag match. You're going to have Roman come out and save Seth from whatever that is. Well, that's down the road. Dean, we now know after this all went down, is now going to be out potentially for upwards of nine months. Oof, yeah. The better part of 2018, we're going to be missing Dean Ambrose. So we've got to get used to the fact that. You know, it's going to be shield is going to be without Dean Ambrose for a while. Well, there's there's no shield and there's no shield without Dean Ambrose. I I think it's just going to be a whole bunch of different storylines with Jason Jordan and Seth as the tag champs and what's going to happen there. I I also think that it makes them as the champs. They can have a run and then either because Jason Jordan is Jason Jordan or because there's a miscommunication or whatever. uh, They lose the belts to someone else, whether it's back to the bar or the revival who are now back on the scene or. Any of the other tag teams on on Raw? Oh wait, <laughs> what other tag teams? You haven't built up anybody. But uh, the the fact of the matter is, it now opens up the division a little bit more. It doesn't have such a dominant couple of groups at the top. Yeah. Um. And then Seth and J- and Jordan can go feud down the road if you want to do that. There's, there's a lot of options here. You know who I feel b- the worst for in in this situation is Seth Rollins because if you think about it, he was just kind of getting his Stella was just getting his groove back. And as bringing the shield back together, because he had a terrible 2017 up until they started doing that. We remember, if you remember, we were really just speculating, like, what the hell are they doing with Seth Rollins? We have no idea. But at, at, just as things were coming together and they were the tag champ and Dean were tag champs and shield got back together, great end to the year. And then this happens. And I really don't know what it's going to be like watching Dean. I'm sorry, watching uh, Seth and Jason Jordan wrestle together. See, this is the thing. I think that there's possibilities for us to get some interesting aspects to Seth's character. And this has been our, our criticism of Seth yeah. 
for a while now, ever since he turned face, is who is Seth Rollins? He's the King Slayer. Oh, right. But what does that mean? You beat Triple know. H at WrestleMania. Right. Like, by that, by that, I mean, you didn't even beat him for a title. Roman beat Triple H at WrestleMania for a title. Does that make him the King Slayer too? You know, there really, there's no real defined character for Seth Rollins, and he needs to find that. Uh, and maybe he can find something with the Jason Jordan feud that we don't already see. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I think it's a long shot. Still, even his finisher doesn't have a name, and it looks terrible every time. So. No, it's it's nowhere near as good. It's like some hybrid of the Rainmaker and um, and, the and knee, can you make V trigger? And it's just and, and it looks he doesn't do either version, either part of it, it as well goofy. as those guys do. So it's just it's not good. Uh, I don't know. Are there what are the upsides of this from your perspective? Are we just looking well, for something? Exci- I mean, they're the tag champs now. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ! Overnight, they're all of a sudden Jason gets inserted and they're the tag champs again. Yeah, and it's one of those hasty decisions that you kind of scratch your head at. But you do see upsides, too. Like we said, it could make for some very interesting angles. It's going to make for some good TV. Uh, both of these characters are going to be fun to have bounce off of each other. The yeah. dynamics between them, Kurt Angle, everyone else on the roster. In ring, they're fantastic. You know, I, oh, I love yeah, this was a great. The, the match itself was a fantastic match. Agreed. You know, Cesaro and Sheamus, as we've said, are one of those crazy tag teams that when they first came together, everyone was scratching their heads and going, what the hell is this? And they've evolved into this, um, like, in my opinion, like a fan, like for the ages level tag team, like they are so good uh, and they're big, big athletic dudes. So the, and so they have a great style. Like I would, I mean, obviously it's already stacked over there, but I, you know, fantasy booking wise, I'm thinking about them facing virtually any of the guys on the amazing tag uh, division over on SmackDown yeah. and, and being able to hold their own over there too. So no, it's, there's, there's lots of upsides to this angle. There's lots of storylines that could be told because of this. I don't mind the hot shotting in this particular instance because I think it's good. And, and, and frankly, it's better than the other option that they initially had, which was they were going to have Finn Balor step in mm. and be Seth's tag partner and win the, ta- the tag belts with him. Yeah, I'm much more on board with this one. Way more on board with this. Finn does that. Like, first of all, Finn had nothing to do with any of the storylines over here on this, on, on this particular angle. Yeah. Uh, and, and as much as he is kind of spinning his wheels over on the side, which we'll talk about later, uh, he really, this would not have done anything for him. It wouldn't have done anything for Seth, whereas it does a lot for Jason Jordan. As, as we just said, it could potentially do a lot for Seth Rollins. Well, we mentioned Dean Ambrose was going to be out for upwards of nine months. Do we know what his injury is? Was it some kind of bicep tear or he, something? He was actually working injured for a while there, and they just kayfabed his exit. You know, with, a, okay. with you know, Samoa but Joe smashing Samoa, the case. Well, him, uh, Seth hitting him as he did the dive out the, out of the ring, and then af- backstage, uh, Joe smashing him in the in the travel in the the gear case, yeah, uh, his arm. But uh, apparently, he has a legit uh, triceps tear uh, that he was working injured with for a while. Uh, and it's actually, it was a bad one. It was like the triceps was coming off the bone. Ooh, okay. uh, and normally those injuries take a minimum of six months to, to heal, if not more. So when WWE says nine months, they're, they're working it a little bit. But at the same time, I think they're just being conservative. You know, it, it, not everyone is Cena and can come back and super quickly from injury. Uh, so I think they're just being conservative with his rehab and everything else and saying nine months. And that way, if he comes back early, everyone's excited. But he's out for a while at yeah. least i mean at least a summer slam if not beyond yeah which is <laughs> gnarly that's nuts that we're going to be without the lunatic fringe for that long of period of time but hey at least i don't have to hear michael cole say lunatic fringe for the next nine months so that's no. well uh, well he'll still find a way to put it in, i'm sure <laughs> uh so but we have other injuries to talk about oh, too okay. a couple other other big injuries so potentially big i should say uh page just a day or two ago got injured got re-injured i should say uh, at a house show, 
Uh, she was in the corner doing like a heel spot and kind of taunting the ring. And Sasha Banks was behind her and gave her a double kick to the back. Uh, I watched the footage. People were blaming Sasha online, but it, this was just a this was a totally standard move. Uh, Paige just got hit from the back, kind of neck whipped back, and looked like she gave herself a bit of a stinger. She was checking her arm afterwards, hmm. uh, so she tweaked her neck. We don't know the full extent of the problem, but she was out for you know over a year with a neck injury before this, right? So obviously the, the neck is a, an ongoing issue. So we don't know her timeline if she'll be able to work injured, if she'll be able to like stand by the ring and kind of guide Absolution, or tragically if she'll be out for the very first woman's Royal Rumble, which would be really tragic for her to come back and have a you know major angle on TV and have the very first women's Royal Rumble and not be able to be a part of it. Yeah, that's a big deal. And and the neck injuries are no joke. I mean, we've seen the fall of Daniel Bryan. Whatever you think of her, Nikki edge. Bella uh, is out with the with the edge is a good one. Stone cold. Yep. So the neck injuries are no joke. And the best wishes out to Paige because that's, uh, oh man, as you said, the timing is terrible. Terrible. So well, fingers crossed that it's nothing more than a little stinger that she can recover recover from in the next couple of weeks, hopefully, so so that we can see her in the Rumble. Yeah. Because uh, if she has to be out for that, that would be that'd be too bad. Well, Paige wasn't the only one uh, who sustained a pretty serious injury this week. We saw uh, uh, Hideo Itami bust Brian Kendrick wide open. Yeah, Kenta killed Kendrick. <laughs> yeah, no, this this was uh, Itami comes out and uh, in Chicago <laughs> he goes, "Yeah, this is oh my, god, I never put my that together." GTS, my GTS, my move, which is legit. He did innovate the go to sleep. Uh, but just the fact that he's saying that in CM Punk's hometown was definitely, I don't know if they're going to push him as a, as a heel, but it was, uh, you know, he's been going for this respect angle for a while, but I swear to God, this guy is cursed because he goes to use the go to sleep on Brian Kendrick. And I mean, it's a legit gnarly move and just something went wrong and he caught Kendrick right on the nose and in the eye. And as Corey Graves, uh, somehow prophetically put it on commentary, he actually legitimately broke his orbital socket and nose. Woo. And then and Kendrick was writhing on the mat in pain, as you would expect, seeing as you just had your face broken open by someone's knee legitimately. By God, he's killed him! Uh, I mean, he saw... <laughs> You know, a lot of people uh, do. The, they sell the go to sleep like they're actually like they're getting knocked out. Yeah. No, Kendrick sold it how you would sell it, which is, oh my god, this fucking hurts. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Uh, but the problem here well, what is, what are they going to do? Are they going to are they going to ban him from using it as well, vicious as it is? Uh, you know, on two hundred five live, he had a match with the the uh, with Jack Gallagher. Yeah. And his new finishing move appears to be the Rings of Saturn. Which is Neville's finishing move, which right. makes no sense. And there's rumors that he's going to be banned from using the GTS. So we've got another guy doing another cross-face submission move. Right, which, okay, fine. I can understand them wanting to have him give him, give him a new submission or a new finisher, but to give him another guy's finish, ugh, I swear to God, Hideo is cursed. I mean, this is here's the thing. This is a dude, first of all, he's a legend in Japan, and he comes to NXT and... All the hoopla in the world. He comes in with all the other big indie signers like like Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Finn Balor, right? And he's he's there, uh, Samoa Joe, uh, and then injury, and then another injury, and then he can't get a face, uh, any kind of face movement going. So he gets he goes on a heel track, and it kind of works, and it kind of doesn't. And then he comes up to the main roster, and he gets put on two hundred five live, and it's just, and then he has his. Signature finisher, which remember when he first came to NXT, he was teasing it and teasing it and teasing it. And everyone was like, Ooh, he's going to do it. Ooh, he's going to do it. And then he finally did it once on a house show and then injury. And everyone was like, Oh, we didn't get to really see it. 
Mm. And then he came back, and the first thing he did was, we did it in a huge pop, and he got injured again. And he comes out on 205 Live, and he uses it, and he injures somebody, and now they might be taking it away from him. I, it's just one thing after another with this guy, and it's not like 205 Live has all that much hype around it right now. People are kind of really turning on it in a bad way. I mean, uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, um, uh, Kalisto got injured recently. He was he was selling down by the ring, and someone threw a full water bottle at him and hit him in the mouth and gave him. He had to get stitches and I guess some dental procedures too. Like it messed him up. Um, and it's not the first time people have been throwing trash at the two hundred five live wrestlers. Which is, by the way, if you do that, you are a garbage human being and stop living on this planet. You're worse than that guy, the Cubs fan that threw the baseball back onto the field. You're you're worse than that guy. <laughs> I, yes, I think that's demonstrably Steve, true. Whatever his name is, I can't remember. That, <laughs> well, that's just that's, a, that's an error in judgment. That's not him trying to troll people. This is these are people being assholes. These are people being vicious. And my that's, point that's is, the difference. My point is is that two hundred five live is not going over so well right now to begin with. And Atami, I mean, he has an uphill battle in the first place because of his look and because of his style and everything. And the fact that most of his moves have been ripped off by Daniel Bryan or CM Punk. So he's got an uphill battle right there. Yeah. But then in addition to take away his signature move, it's kind of like, it's just, yeah. So, oh, I feel awful for him. Hopefully something happens. But man, uh, he's got to get a, a rabbit's foot or something or shamrock. I don't know what he's got to do. I think you could say that about the entire show. Of 205 Live, <laughs> not just Hideo Itami. And I'm telling you guys, Finn Balor, been saying it for a long Shut time. Shut up with that. <laughs> All right. I'm not even going to. We're moving on. We're going on. We got to talk about everything else that happened over on Monday Night Raw. Well, the prodigal son has returned, or call him part time mascot, whatever you may use. John Cena came back. To, uh, Monday Night Raw, and it was about as excited as my voice is right now. <laughs> hey, man, he was. At, it was actually very exciting for the crowd in Chicago. There was he got a huge reaction, positive and negative. As I don't think Chicago will ever truly forgive him for CM Punk. Yep. Uh, but that being said, he got uh, he got a really good reaction, and everyone seemed happy to see him. And he, he gave his hat and his shirt to a kid in the crowd. That was, was beautiful. Classic, classic Cena. Um, he's definitely at the point of his career now where, you know, he comes out, he's a part-time guy. He's like, Hey, WWE, Cena, hey, everything's great. Love you guys. And he doesn't give a shit yeah. and he's just having fun, yeah. which is fun to see, man. Like I'm, I'm glad that we're past the super Cena era and now he can just come out and have fun. And everyone's, everyone's like, even the people that kind of hated him back in the day are happy to see him. Sure. You know, he, he, he left his full-time gig. Um, on the way out, he put some people over and he had some good match, some really good matches, really good matches. Yeah. So I think even people that hated him before came around on him. So goodwill with the Cena. Yeah, I can see he's probably starting to make as much, if not more money outside of WWE than he does within WWE. And he's going to get to that point where Dwayne Johnson did the rock. Uh, it, where it's going to just become more beneficial for him to go do the Hollywood stuff full time. I don't know. Did you see the opening weekend numbers for Fernando? It, it, well, that's dumb. That's not even worth talking about because they opened it the same weekend as Last Jedi. What did What did you think was going to happen? <laughs> Morons at the studios. Anyway, um, he had opened up the show and with one of my favorite up and comers, Elias. Uh, we opened up Raw with Elias and John Cena. Yeah, so John Cena's talking and Elias interrupts him, comes <laughs> out and says... Says, uh, everyone interrupts me, so I'm going to interrupt you and sing a song and, and CM Punk chant start up. And he goes, you know what? There's one guy who's not going to interrupt me is CM Punk. So <laughs> screw you, Chicago. Uh, but yeah, no, this, this shows that they definitely have some faith in Elias. Obviously, they've showed that over the last few, few 
couple of weeks with giving putting him some big matches, yep. putting him in big spots. Um, and they should. I mean, the guy is the guy's great. He's he's a good heat getter. He can work a match. Uh, he looked good against John Cena, even though it was kind of a traditional Super Cena match where it was Elias gets all the offense and then shoulder block, shoulder block, AA, one, two, three, no selling the celebration. Right. Classic Cena. But whatever. It was kind of the whole point of this segment was good feels Christmas time. Hooray. Christmas Cena. Yeah, Christmas Cena with, with you know with Elias being the kind of Grinchy guy who's like I hate Chicago, yeah. Meh, bah humbug, and Cena being, come on, Elias, maybe it's not Chicago, maybe it's you. <laughs> you just need to change. Your- and it, was, it was it was it was fine. It was I was sports entertained. I was I I had the Christmas spirit. Well, this is uh, this is a great level of confidence that they're showing in Elias. I'm really excited about this. Uh, as as I said before, he's one of my favorite up and comers. We've talked about him kind of endlessly on the show of not really getting a chance, uh, stagnating around the mid to low cards. So I is he this was, a good sign? Where are we going with with Elias after this? I'll put it this way: they had him repeatedly beating Apollo Cruz and Titus O'Neil in a nothing feud for months, and then now he's having matches with Roman Reigns. He's having matches with well as much as you have a match with Braun Strowman. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he, he came out of both of those smelling like O'Daisy, and here he had a match against Cena, in which he looked very good on offense, and the commentary sold the shit out of him afterwards, where they said, oh, he's punched his ticket. He just hung with the big guys. You know, it's kind of like a Jason Jordan thing. Yeah. Where they're like, well, he didn't win, but he hung in there. So they're definitely putting him over as being legit, which is nice to see, because and they should. Well, speaking of Roman, uh, that was our our next match was Joe and Roman Reigns. Yeah, another off. another big match in the night for We're the starting inter- to get that Samoan feud that uh, that I've been waiting for. It's finally happening. They're just making this a feud about two big dudes beating the crap out of each other, though, which is what I like to see, uh, especially because Joe is finally they're 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 coasting with Joe, where he's just he is a vicious heel guy and he's he's just evil to the core and then Roman is he's pissing off Roman so much that yeah. in this match, which was a good hard hitting match. Uh, at one point, Joe even quote unquote injures Roman's arm, and Roman has to fight back from that. And Joe keeps targeting it. And uh, at the end, Roman gets so pissed off that he gets himself DQ'd from because he's just so mad at Joe for taking out Dean Ambrose and burr burr burr. It was good. I like I liked this booking. I like the booking of uh, Roman Reigns losing his temper. It makes Joe look like he's in his head. It makes Joe look more legit by contrast. Even though afterwards, Roman did beat down Joe pretty bad. Uh, it still shows that Joe in some way has Roman's number. Yeah. And and I, also, Joe is doing some great heel work here, too. Uh, backstage in an interview segment when they were, at, you know, re, you had Renee Young, Dean's real wife, and they've acknowledged it even in kayfabe that they're yeah. married. Um, and and one, thing, one of the things that's great about Renee is, unlike a lot of the other uh, interviewer uh, women that they have, uh, she comes into every interview with a state of mind. You can tell what she, if she likes somebody, if she doesn't like somebody, you know what she's thinking about the person and she's playing into the storyline. And here she had just very clearly on her face, like, I have to inter- interview the guy who injured my husband. And so she came in there like, and here's Samoa Joe. And Joe played right into it as well, where he said, that's right. I made Dean go home and he can spend his Christmas with his loved ones and just stared very pointedly at her. <laughs> and you could, just see, you could just see her going, I'll kill you. No, it was great. He's doing great heel work. I'm actually into this feud. Me too. A lot. Uh, I would love to see it go on for a while. There's so many different things they could do with this. Two big hosses beating the crap out of each other. Joe, a little bit more technical, and Roman has got the anger thing going on right now. It's it's great. Uh, I'm going to say I'm okay with the DQ outcome on this one because... Oh, yeah. 
it, it was a retaliation. It was a very facey retaliation for beating up my brother, for injuring my brother oh, totally with character. the roadie case and all of that stuff. Totally in, in character for everything. Well, and it, I'll tell you what, that is the kind of thing I want to see out of Roman Reigns. Yes. Like if you're going to have Roman Reigns be your number one dude and have him not be another John Cena, as they were saying in the Cena-Roman feud earlier this year, like, I'm not John Cena, I'm Roman Reigns. Okay, great. Give us a defined Roman Reigns. Is he the hard-ass, badass with a bit of a temper? Great, because I can get behind that. And that's what they're showing in this feud. Roman Reigns is, he's Roman Reigns, but he also, he has a temper. Well, if he's the big dog, the alpha dog of the entire pack, he's watching over and protecting people that hurt other people, whatever. Right. I, I get. I can get behind that. Yeah, it's kind of like what we were, like the opposite of what we were saying with Seth. This defines his character more, and it does it in a way that that is in, intriguing and interesting and compelling. Uh, and I, I loved how the they have the dynamic, like I said, where it shows that Joe is a smart enough bad guy that he can get in Roman's head in this way. So again, the dynamic's great. This feud could be fant- a fantastic way to open the new year. Well, one of our other big feuds that we have to address is Kane Braun facing off against Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble, which we've now booked in a triple threat match for the Universal title. So had a we didn't really have a match between those two this week, but they were both on the show beating the hell out of Mismus and Heath Slater and Rhino. Yeah, no, it was this was basically a way to keep these guys from having any physicality and keep reminding us that, oh, by the way, hey, there's a Universal Championship match that no one gives a shit about coming up at the Royal Rumble. Oh, so here's Kane. And remember, remember Heath Slater and Rhino? They're a thing. Oh, well, here's Heath Slater and Rhino. And uh, now they're in this whole thing where, where Rhino has to toughen up Heath Slater. So he's, he puts him in a match against Kane, who promptly kills poor Heath Slater, yeah. who, by the way, is still kind of over. They're still chanting. He's got kids. It's on his crowd. truck. It's on his. It's on his banner. Well, it's the only shirt the guy's ever had yeah. since 3MB, and he's still got the the mashed up intra entrance music where half of it's one man band, half of it's three man band. And Rhino doesn't have music, and it's ridiculous. I do. Whatever. I do want to admit I do enjoy Rhino being this kind of motivational uh, friend or something like that, trying to toughen him up and do all of that stuff. That was enter- that was the entertaining part about yeah. this. Kane it was squashing very close both of them, bordering comedy wrestling on that. Wasn't even bordering. I'd say it's yeah. it's it's they're definitely they're they're steering straight in, and they have been for a while. I mean, Rhino and Slater have been a comedy duo since they were tag team champs over on yeah. SmackDown. Yeah. But uh, at least it's nice to see them getting some TV time, even if it's being fed to Kane to keep him looking strong going into this feud. Right. Speaking of looking strong, as you said, uh, this whole episode, the Miztourage treated us to their version of Mismus uh, as they went around singing carols and dressed up in ugly sweaters. And uh, at the point when they started to get insufferably annoying yeah. and came out to the ring to sing Jingle Bells, Miz is Awesome, or whatever the hell it was, uh, Braun Strowman... Your boy, yes, the man whose shirt you're wearing as we record this, the monster among us. Uh, yes. uh, he came out and proceeded to absolutely annihilate uh, the Miz Taraj. And good for you, Chicago, for the one more times because he did. He did it twice. Yeah, they kept chanting one more time, and he just kept power yeah. slam, power slam, power slam. So, but the whole uh, when he threw his arms up, I heard Chicago just roar right yeah. there with Braun. How over is that dude right now? Why are they not pushing him more than they are? What could they? I, he's in a Universal Championship I understand. match. He ain't. But they're not putting the belt on him though. No, well, no of course not. They got to save Brock for for WrestleMania. Look at how much how well they built. And this is not to go down a tangent or rabbit hole. Look Too at how late. well they built the feud between Joe and Brock Lesnar earlier this year, and. They're they're just not, they I don't know if they're they know how good that was because they're not doing it anymore. Well, they don't know how good it was because they didn't even pay it off well then. Sure, it was sure. it was built really well, but 
You know what I mean? It was a kind of a dud once the match happened. But at any rate, the, the, the fact of the matter is uh, few people have had a better 2017 than Braun Strowman. Uh, he's had a monster year, pardon the pun. Uh, and at least he, he's coming out of this looking strong. He's going to a title match. But frankly, I don't think anyone gives a shit about this title match. I, I, I do. I know you do. <laughs> but the rest of us who actually live in reality don't. Uh, speaking of speaking of non-reality things, women, the women's division, uh, I, we're still spinning our wheels over here. Uh, absolutely not as much as on SmackDown, though. I mean, well, at least this is kind of that's know, true. We'll, we'll talk moderately about, enjoyable when we get to SmackDown. We'll definitely discuss the, yeah. the the comparison. But we did have a match between Absolution and the trio of Bailey, Sasha Banks, and Mickey James, uh, which was interrupted last week by Stephanie McMahon and the whole locker room and all that right. fuffle. Uh, but here it happened again. And there was some some nonsense went on, and Bailey took the pin. And eh. I, right. again, it's we're spinning our wheels to the rumble. As you said, it's not as bad of wheels spinning as we have on SmackDown because at least we're given a little bit more of kind of defined roles on on Raw, and Absolution looks like more of a definitive threat, not like little girls playing wrestler. Yeah, but where you know? does this go without Paige? That's the interesting thing well, for me. If Did- she's even on the ring, I mean, here's the thing. We've seen the, the triple threats. So we've seen the three-way tag matches now, right? Maybe we can have some singles matches. Maybe this, this will get uh, Paige on the ring side, and she can be calling out, you know, hey, hey, I need to toughen up my girls a little bit, so you girls go in and I'll, I'll play coach from the sidelines. So that could work out just fine. Uh, it, could, it could ultimately, maybe not a blessing, but it could be something that's workable. Sure. And it, it might actually help extend this to the Rumble. Well, speaking of the Rumble, uh, another entrant made her entry known this week. Uh, Alexa came out to give her little promo, whatever, be Merry Blissmas, as, Merry Blissmas. as it were. Merry Blissmas. Uh, but she was interrupted by none other than Asuka herself. Well, a real quick note about uh, Alexa's speech. Yep. She also said, you know, who's had a better 2017 than me? And I started thinking about it. And I really, Alexa, as far as the women's division goes, I don't think anyone's had a better year than Alexa Bliss. She, like, as she said, she was SmackDown champ. Could when make the year an started. argument for Oscar. Uh, no, not not at all. She got de- she debuted. She had a couple of crap matches against Emma. Like That's hasn't fair. really had any momentum. She's just starting to pick up momentum. Oh, on the main roster, sure. Yeah, on the main. Well, yeah. But I'm, uh, NXT obviously like that was almost two years for her. Sure. Like the, the, her 2017 was kind of awkward because in the middle she was. She had to relinquish the championship and then was kind of in limbo. And then three months later came out in October on raw and the man, you know, they haven't really done a good job of telling the casual fans who she is. That's fair. You know, in this segment, you could tell exactly who the NXT fans were because you had like five people up in section B row one twenty two, going, Oscar's going to kill you. Yep. And the entire rest of the crowd was going, what? She, what's that? What's that? So yeah, the, I, I think that Oscar could potentially have a great 2018, but man, Alexa bliss has been champ most of the damn year. Both on, on SmackDown both, and Raw. On both brands. Yeah. First uh, first woman to, to have both belts. So, yeah, I, she has a point there. But that being said, her point was moot when, by the time that Asuka came out, said, I'm in the Rumble, no one's ready for Asuka, and then Roundhouse kicked Alexa's head off. Yes. Uh, which I popped for. The, yep. crowd, the crowd kind of did. I really popped for that. <laughs> yes. And it happened so fast. I didn't think, oh, that was such a fast kick. Ah, oh, man, I can't wait till... Uh, they let her open up. She hasn't really had any like Oscar matches yet on the main roster. You know what I mean? Like yeah. ones where she just can just murders people like she did back in NXT. Anyway. Oh, well, we had some more of your action of your favorite guy. And by your favorite guy, I mean Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy this week with Bray coming out to the ring and Matt Hardy surprising him from behind and basically standing there and laughing for 10 minutes. I, I don't really understand 
it, it, I'm on the edge with the whole Matt Hardy Woken thing because it. I'm not sure if I'm. It feels too forced right now. I, I have to agree with you. This is nothing that's out of character for the the broken Matt Hardy character yeah. or the now the Woken Matt Hardy character like him. You know, Bray doing like a ten minute entrance just to kill time on, on a three hour raw. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, getting chased out of the ring by Matt and then having Matt just stand there for making noises for five minutes. Uh, it's not out of character for Woke and Matt Hardy, but it does seem like they're having him go to a 10 off the bat. And it's like, mm, kind of want to see him ramp up to this level of insanity, not just immediately be completely bonkers. He's like just it's, there. It's, it's a little, it's a little, and it's hard for me to say this because the whole idea of Woke and Matt Hardy is to just be completely out there. Yeah. But it feels like it's just a little bit, a little bit too far. Like we we need to pull it back just a little bit. Is that because of Bray? You think, or is it more of Matt of of them creative just pushing it too hard? Can you believe that this week Bray was the straight man? Yeah. Like he had a promo before it that was actually pretty coherent. Yeah. Uh, still completely out there in terms of kayfabe and storyline, but it was, you know, at least it was coherent. And then he seemed like the straight man when he got to the ring, and he was, you know, Matt was making the noises, and Bray even did like a little side eye, you know, like what the hell the hell is this <laughs> oh man maybe he's not maybe sister abigail isn't ready for I, Woke and matt hardy who knows well man i all, all i know i don't know if i'm ready for this feud yet like it's just it hasn't quite captured me yet well this made the hulu edition of raw but what didn't make the hulu edition of raw was finn balor beating the shit out of kurt hawkins yeah kurt hawkins up to 147 losses in a row now uh so finn balor is now in the position that elias was three months ago basically beating the shit out of the bottom of the card right but which if you look at where elias is not the worst place to be at least you're still getting wins yeah. you know chicago popped a huge forum that's definitely balor country uh you know and he comes out. Everyone knows he's going to squash the shit out of poor Kurt Hawkins, who played his part admirably. Uh, so, yeah, you know, at this point, uh, despite what Vince McMahon thinks, Balor is over and uh, he remains over. You can you can have him just come out and beat dudes every week until you find a good feud for him. So go for it. Well, Kurt's now up to 147 losses. 147 losses. What do we think the over-under is on uh, what that big Kurt's. number will be? Are we going up to like 200? Are we getting to Gold- Goldberg levels here? Or are we, oof. Yeah, I, uh, I'll take... Goldberg. I'll say he goes over two. I'll say he goes over 200. Wow. I'll take, I'll take 200 on that. I wonder if they'll have... Is there some kind of record that he's trying to get to? Have we established that? I think that? he's already got the record. Has he got well, the record? Uh, Brooklyn Brawler might have the record. I don't know. I, we'll have to, something to research. Something to Stay research. Stay tuned, for. listeners. Stay tuned. Obviously, I don't think he's winning anytime soon, so right. we, we got time to research this. Yeah, they're invested at this point. He's just going to keep losing. <laughs> Can you imagine his, his 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 the celebration around his 200th loss? Like We'll have a big thing for it. I'm, I'm almost wondering if they're going to write in some reverse psychology of sorts, as Vince loves to do, about where he doesn't want to win because he wants to do this. And I know that's kind of the storyline. It was the record. But some of these moments within the story of a match where he can't lose. So he has, he has a guy beaten. Like the guy's completely dead and knocked out and he just refuses to pin him. Uh, I wonder if they'll come up with something well, like they've already, that. Well, they're already teasing something like that. I, on, I think it was main event this week. He had a match with Apollo Crews and he just laid down for him. I was like, come on, just pin me. Get it over with. <laughs> Okay. And then, he, and then he tried to like roll him up when he went for the pin. So it was they're still they're kind of teasing the whole thing. It's they're finding fun things to do with it. So speaking of fun things to do, we also had a cruiserweight. I don't know for lack of a better word, Christmas mayhem match. Everyone dressed up as Christmas things, and I don't know. You can tell you can tell kind of what Vince thinks of people by who he puts in the gimmick matches. Okay, you know what I mean. Like why, 
Oh, well, we're going to make the cruiserweights more exciting by dressing them up, and it's going to be oh, whatever. It was a match. It was a uh, triple, uh, sorry, three on three match. Uh, Cedric Alexander, Akira Tozawa, Mustafa Ali versus Enzo, Drew Gulak, and Aria Daivari. 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 Yeah. Uh, you know, it was it was a match. They're obviously they're trying to promote the Cedric versus Enzo match next week for the championship. Um, and Cedric did win this one for his team, which makes me think he's ain't, he's not taking that belt off of Enzo. So this was not on the Hulu Hulu version. Uh, did Nia show up at all to mess with Enzo some more? Not I didn't in see the it. match. There was a mistletoe moment backstage that was <gasps> that was almost the consummation of weeks of build. And Alexa Bliss came and broke it up before what? they could actually make out. Oh no! I know. I know. Oh man! A Christmas miracle was avoided. <laughs> uh, but it's okay. That's that's all right because there was more Christmas cheer on Boxing Day. Yes. The next day, which is when there was SmackDown Live. Well, over on SmackDown Live, the the pot continues to stir with Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon, the Yep movement, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and of course AJ Styles. I mean, just there's, there's so much stuff going on. Beautiful, big, complex feud, yes. and all these people getting involved in it, and like and like coming into the feud and going out of the feud. It's just ah, oh, there's so much nice stuff percolating over here, and it's it's not just that it's percolating; it's that it's it's being so well written too, like. The characters are all intriguing. No one is is entirely one thing or another. Everyone's kind of in an area of gray, mm. and it's beautiful. And I love the slow descent of Shane McMahon into being the megalomaniac asshole. I love Daniel Bryan trying to hold everything together and 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 trying to be the the good guy and do the right thing, but then also kind of questioning himself. Uh, I love Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn just being these little twerp assholes but also being right and knowing they're right and just shoving that in everyone's face. Uh, and then this week we had the addition of AJ Styles, who, you know, which is obviously he makes everything better. Yep. Uh, and this week, Daniel, so what happened was Daniel Bryan uh, gave Kevin a match against AJ Styles and, and Shane took exception because he's like, why are you rewarding them? Like, where do your loyalties lie? And Daniel Bryan kind of, you know, coming back and defending himself because Shane also took uh, exception to being called Vince McMahon. He said, you know, Vince is a great guy and I think you're using it as a pejorative. And Daniel's saying, look, dude, I'm not dissing your dad. I'm just saying your dad has some tendencies that aren't good that you're starting to show. And uh, and it's all becoming very be- like beautifully, subtly awkward between the two of them. And there's some great like they leave the the scenes at some great moments of just discomfort that you don't, you don't often see stuff in WWE being played this subtly. Yeah. And I love it. Uh, and then you had a really great match. You know, we there was kind of a, I'm not going to call it a dud, but it definitely wasn't, it didn't live up to the hype feud between Kevin Owens and AJ earlier this year. They yeah. were feuding for most of the year over the US, US title. title yeah. And it was kind of going back and forth. And they had a couple of matches that, like they had one match that ended in kind of a, kind of a dud. Um, well, it was the big hype surrounding the title weird hands initially uh, at Madison Square Garden, and they couldn't yeah, film was, there and all of that stuff. I remember talking heavily about that. Yeah, and then AJ had his foot tangled in the wires on the, uh, and he, you know, so he couldn't get back into the ring. And then there was the one where there was the weird call at the end of the match where the ref was out of place, and we weren't sure like if it was a screw up or not. And it was the whole the whole feud was kind of it wasn't on the level it should have been. Yeah. Uh, and then they had a match between Kevin Owens and, and AJ tonight when they called back and called it like one of the great feuds of the year, which is obviously, you know, a little bit of, of ro- rosy, rosy tinged glasses. Yeah. But um, but that being said, they had another great match tonight. I mean, these guys are both great workers. I thought the 
uh, it was still missing something with this match. Like it was still just missing something, but it was really good. Uh, but at, at the end, uh, Sami Zayn, he didn't even try to interfere. AJ just got him involved and uh, Sammy st- jumped up on the ri- on the the ring apron and started yelling. And so Shane comes out to have him kicked out of at a ringside, which costs AJ the victory. Uh, and so Shane basically screwed up. Uh, now, luckily, it wasn't a title match, so the title didn't change hands. Or right. I, you know, I thought it would have been cool to have the title change hands. And but uh, but Kevin Owens gets the victory, and the two of them go run off gloating. And AJ leaves and gives Shane a big old glare on the way out. And meanwhile, Shane is sitting there going, "Crap." Well, I think it's done exactly what you just alluded to. So by Kevin Owens getting the pin does not on AJ, does that not put him in the contendership yeah. for the title? Yep. So now we're going to have a potential title match, maybe at the Rumble, between AJ Styles and Kevin Owens? I mean, I wouldn't be mad at them trying to give Kevin Owens and AJ a redemption feud. Yeah. Uh, you know, I obviously, I think, I, I'm, I don't think these guys... Uh, are incapable of putting on a good match together. And most of the time, their matches are really good. They just don't quite go over the top. Yeah. Um, but I certainly wouldn't be mad to see them wrestle more. Of course. You know, that's, 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 I'm not fine with that feud. And if that's where we're going with this, I do think this overall angle should be the top of the card. You know what I mean? They've been pushing it to the top of the card or near the top of the card for the last few weeks and months. And uh, whether it's the Hell in a Cell or whether it's, you know, the the tag match, the last bit of the class of champions, which was almost built to be bigger than the uh, the rematch between AJ and Ginger. Yeah. Ginger. Ginger. Uh, he's not on, he's not on, Gall- on Gilligan's Island. What the hell? But um, <laughs> but I think that it, it makes sense to have this whole angle be uh, involving the WWE championship. Agreed. It makes it feel like a bigger deal, as it should be, because we're going somewhere with this. They have not put in this much time and effort to not go somewhere. Well, what my question comes down to is, did AJ back the wrong horse? Is AJ the one backing the villain, the good guy, the face, your WWE champion, all of a sudden getting mixed up under? I'm wondering, It feels like a little bit of a role reversal because Daniel Bryan's playing the good guy part with KO and Zayn, who are telling us all the right things, but AJ is underneath Shane, who well, we are seeing become this megalomaniacal guy. But I don't think that he's under Shane any more or less than anyone else on SmackDown. Fine. At this point, it's more like... AJ is just kind of he's the champ. He, just, he, does, like he, does what, he does what a champ's supposed to do. I don't that's what I think is great about this, is they're not defining teams. Daniel Bryan isn't on the team of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Shane McMahon isn't on the team of anybody really but himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of the story we've been told through the uh Survivor series and everything else. Shane's out for Shane. He may not even realize he's out for himself, but you know, the way that he inserts himself in the in the in the in the Survivor Series match and you know, he he invades Raw and all of these actions that he's done uh, are painting him to be not the person that he's presenting, mm, which okay. is, a, a, like I said, a layer of subtlety we almost never see. I don't think we're done seeing it yet. No, and that's we're what just I, that's, beginning. I, hey, kudos to the writing on this part of the blue brand, because my goodness, I am so every week they have me hooked with this angle. I am so in and I, and I can't wait to see where this goes. Speaking of the U.S. title, we did have a bit of a tournament go on around this tournament. A bit of a tournament? Yeah. We had a tournament. We had a tournament. Yeah. Now, uh, Ziggler apparently has vacated the title. Uh, Daniel Bryan says in kayfabe he can't get a hold of him all week. <laughs> Ziggler, if you're watching this, call me. Right. Uh, now that you're released or you're done or you quit or whatever, you can come be on the podcast. We love so, you. Come yeah. Be- oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ziggler, come on. If you're bored at home waiting to do yeah. something, come on. Come on the podcast. We love you here. Uh, <laughs> just don't listen to our old episodes because, you know. 
But because uh, we we totally only said good things about you, Ziggler, I promise. We weren't happy about that heel turn stuff, but uh, back you know six eight months ago. But Jesus. those promos. Uh, but no, the, the, so Ziggler vacated the title. The title's up for grabs. We started having a tournament tonight, and the tournament will continue. I don't know if they'll have the other matches next week, but we'll get into that in a second. This yeah. week we had Baron Corbin versus Bobby Roode, which was a match I was shocked they put together in the first round. And they mentioned that neither of these guys probably really wanted to face each other in the first round, but it was bizarre to have them face. Like This was the feud for the title before Ziggler won it and then vacated it. Agreed. So it was weird to have these guys kind of finish their feud on the first round of a tournament. I figured they would be the final. Yeah, same. Why even have a tournament? Now, it's interesting that you would have a tournament for something that two guys were already qualified for when the guy that won it, who wasn't in it originally, vacated it. To their credit, they did mention that on commentary, that it was strange. (laughs) It was strange that they had this match where it was. (laughs) And it was a fine match. You know, it was what it was. Uh, Bobby Roode picks up the win. Yep. Bobby Roode is moving on to the next round. Uh, also, we had a match between Jinder and the long-lost Ty Dillinger came He's out back. of the woodwork. Uh, they had a match. Jinder unsurprisingly won. And frankly, I don't know what you thought. I thought Jinder looked good in this match. I, I think him and Ty both look great. So uh, yeah. Well, Ty was, always looks great. Ty yeah. is a, Ty's fantastic. But I think Ty is an AJ kind of a caliber of character where he will elevate... Uh, so whoever he's in the ring with. I don't think he's on AJ's level, but I agree that he definitely, he works at a speed that makes everyone look good. Yes. And, and he, I don't hear that, that. That being said, I felt like Jinder was working faster than normal, not even just because of Ty, like he was leading a lot of this stuff and he was, he was moving quickly. Uh, he was playing to the crowd in a really fun way. And he ha- he's, just feels more relaxed. I almost feel like getting the title off of him is going to help do wonders for this guy. So, are, are you a gender fan all of a sudden? You know, I've always said... You're that, over there marking the fuck out for gender. Hey, I, I haven't heard this all year. There is a difference between having a soft spot for a guy and wanting to see him do well and marking out for him. Oh. Okay, this is a, I'm a Ty Dillinger mark. I'll, agree, I'll admit to that. Okay. But let's not get crazy and start saying I'm a gender mark just yet. Oh, how things have changed in 2017. My goodness. All right, let me let me bring this back down to the show. We got to talk about what's going to happen next in the US title tournament and that is that we also have matches coming up uh, in the first round between Zack Ryder and Mojo Rawley. Mm. Uh, and then we also have Xavier Woods versus Aiden English. What? Which which is bizarre, but okay. But cool. Yeah, well, but cool. Yeah, yeah. Aiden Aiden and Xavier in singles competition? Yeah. All right. Uh, yes. I'm on board. Yes. I'm down. Uh, also, because that advances the feud between the potential feud between New Day and Rusev Day. I'm cool with this. Yes. But as of right now, uh, it's going to be Bobby Roode and either Zack Ryder or Mojo Raleigh versus Jinder Mahal or either Xavier Woods and Aiden English. I don't know if you can handicap this the way I'm handicapping this, but I'm thinking uh, eh, Mojo Raleigh might upset Bobby Roode, but uh, I have a feeling it's going to end up being Bobby Roode and Jinder Mahal. And I think Jinder's going to take it. And I think Bobby Roode's going to be fighting upwards against Jinder for the U.S. title. Huh. Or Bobby Roode will win and Jinder could be fighting upwards. I'm not really sure. Either way, I think it's going to end up with a Bobby Roode and Jinder Mahal feud. That's, that's, my, that's my theory. Uh, my, my gears are going crazy in my head right now. I'm trying to just like theorycraft, fantasy book all this stuff out. There's a, I wouldn't put it past him to put a belt on Aiden English at this point just because of how over Rusev Day is. Now right who's now. a mark? Well, now who's fine. a mark? Come I, on. I admit that, but... To me, it's Bobby Roode. It, it, it's just that he, they've built him up so much. They've they've invested so much in him and Corbin for the title at this point. 
it, it just it doesn't make any sense to not put it on him. So I, for me, it's it's Bobby Roode. Yeah, whereas I think that it'd be uh, like gender at this point. I, I don't think that they're totally done with the gender experiment yet. And I think him having the U.S. title would give him a ton of heat because of the whole foreigner angle. They sure. love to do that. Yep. And having Bobby Roode fight upwards against the dastardly evil foreign heel is right in WWE's wheelhouse. So I could see that as well. But I definitely think it's going to end up being Bobby Roode and Jinder <laughs> Mahal. Uh, that being said... Let's go over and talk about the tag division. We were talking about Aiden English and, and Xavier. The tag division is, I mean, that's the bright shining star of SmackDown right Agreed. now. You know what I mean? Like the, the main feud is great and it's, it's interesting, but my God, that tag division is just gangbusters right now. The, any, any combination that you do of the four major tag teams is just gold. And they Just keep gold. coming up with new ones. Like, how over is Rusev Day right now? Where'd they come from? Holy shit, Rusev Usos, Day is new over. New Day, American Alpha 2, and now all of a sudden, Rusev Day, you've got these four amazing teams that are just, they're all contenders as mm -hmm. far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah. one's a champ, but they're all of them are easily contenders well, at any thing. given time. So you had the three-way match between New Day, Rusev Day, and American Alpha 2.0, for lack of a better term, uh, this week. And every single one of them, when they came out, and they, this is at the top of the show, by the way. Daniel Bryan talking about the, what's going on in the show. Yeah. And they all come out to interrupt him. Everyone, when they come out, with the possible exception of, of Gable and Benjamin, get massive pops. And Gable and Benjamin are over when they start working in the ring because they're so freakishly athletic. Yeah. Um, but, Mike, dude, you were just saying how over Rusev Day is. Aiden English cleared his throat backstage and Chicago popped. <laughs> I mean, and Russo comes out flexing like it's the Kumite. I did too. You know, what by I mean? <laughs> the way, for what it's worth, I don't. There's a, there's an image. Yeah. Um, but here's here's my thing with Rusev Day though that I'm worried about. This is another instance where the talent has gotten something over that WWE didn't plan, and it makes me wonder how long it's going to be before they they cool it down or screw it up somehow because they hate when they don't get something over themselves. Have they pushed? Uh, Rusev Day 2 into the comedy spectrum to be goofy and I would argue the same thing for New Day or is that the reason that they are as over as Well here's are? the thing New Day was they were coming up with stuff that was getting over and they let them run with it yeah. right uh, but you look at other things like you know Zack Ryder or uh, Damian Sandow like got people who get themselves over with their gimmicks yeah. uh, despite what WWE wants them to be and WD pushes them back down like no 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 we had plans for you don't start don't start getting ahead of yourself, which is crazy to me because when you have something as hot as Rusev Day, print the damn shirts. Yeah, Mizdow is another good example of that one with San Damian Sandow. Well, that was that was him getting over despite himself, and they let them run with it. Yeah, uh, you know, but even then they didn't pay it off well. They didn't know what the hell to do with it. But yeah, I, I hope Rusev Day continues because I mean I'm I'm a mark for that too. I'm loving that right now. I just um, hate we all we never get to hear Aiden English's music because it's a choice quality oh, for track. I'm just kidding. I'm just saying. You know, that's that's all. Well, where do things go from here? Because I, it's very clear to me that we're getting American Alpha 2.0 chasing uh, the Usos for yeah. the tag team they, championships. They won the number one contendership fight that was that yep. we had here. So they're going after the the. You got them going after the Usos. It's looking like Rusev Day and New Day will settle into a feud, which could be a lot of fun. Which will be a lot of fun. Yep. It already is. And then also in the tag division. I mean, this is the secondary level of the tag division. And it's still entertaining as hell. You've got Brizango and the uh, Bludgeon Brothers now looking like they're continuing their feud. Still arguably better than what's going on on. Uh, it's all better than what's going on in Raw, and uh, at least in the tag division. Well, I mean, at the top of the tag division in Raw is the only interesting thing. There's nothing else to talk about sure. there. But uh, but yeah, you have uh, the interesting thing here is 
So uh, once again, Ascension put Breezango into a match with the Bludgeon Brothers. They got killed again. Uh, but right as they were starting to, the Bludgeon Brothers opening up the can of murder, Ascension runs out and carries Breezango off on their shoulders to backstage. I was waiting for this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where they say, hey guys, we saved you. And don't worry, we got a present for you. You're going to get a rematch against the Bludgeon Brothers next week. So it's all good. And of course, Breezango's like... Oh God! Why? What? Why, why did you so, do that? I I like the dynamic here. I think they're going. I think they have an idea of where they're going with it. Finally, like we're f- they they figured out the one thing I don't like. Fashion Files is exclusively online right now, and so you're, they're going to be telling the story mostly on WW.com. So people who are who are not going to WW.com are going to be confused as hell about what the hell's going on because this is a bizarre bunch of angles with these guys. Uh, whatever. I'm still entertained by it. I I hope more people tune in online and check out what's going on with them. Because I, I want to see Ascension and Bludgeon Brothers. I want to see them wrestle. I have a feeling that we're going that direction. Or Ascension turns on uh, Brizango and they start feuding and then Bludgeon Brothers go off and murder the tag division. I don't know. Lots of places they could go. Yeah. And it's all fascinating. What's not fascinating is the women's division. Oh, boy. Oh, is it bad? It's so bad. It's so bad. It's, and it, what's funny is it's almost a similar kind of booking to the tag division where they're all kind of getting thrown together in, in different uh, combinations. It's just it's not working. And, I, and I, I don't know if it's the charisma of the people involved or if there's just that spark missing. I mean, it is kind of lightning in a bottle, what they're doing with the tag division. But uh, they're trying with the women's division, and it's just not working. Well, I, I called it earlier this year, and I think we're going to see it materialize off the back of you know the, the recent announcement of the women's Royal Rumble match at Royal Rumble. I would not be surprised if we ended up with a women's tag division in each on each of the brands in 2018. But both brands, we've seen a bunch of tag matches Agreed. with the women. So why not put, put it, throw a belt in there and make it interesting? Because it doesn't make me excited. Well, like at, at least you introduce some stakes like, by, by doing until that. Until I see some some women tag teams that can do some tag team wrestling, which so far they really are not good at. Sure, okay, uh, I'm with you. Then then maybe, but as as of this point, like with the women that you have who've all been trained as singles wrestlers, yeah, they don't they don't seem to have the grasp of tag psychology yet. Like they can pull it off. But it's not like they're on the level of the bar or the revival of people who are out there right now who are doing good tag wrestling. What's the level of chemistry they've had because they've been wrestling together for years? Right. Or in the case of the bar, like it's taken them two years to get to this level. Exactly. But the, my, my point is, is I think it would be preemptive to do a tag division at this point. Or you'd have to understand that it's going to be rocky for the first while to get it going. Uh, and having this match this week on SmackDown where you had... Uh, you know, Naomi versus Ruby Riot, a singles match. It was over pretty quickly. Naomi gets distracted by the Riot Squad, and then Ruby picks up the win, and then all the women come out, and there's a whole big shindig, and the Riot Squad ends up running out like scalded dogs and look like crap, but none of the women have any cohesion. It just looks like a big mess. You know, it doesn't make me more excited for, uh, you know, having multi-women matches. You know what I mean? Like, even the three-way match on, on, on Raw was fine, but eh, I'm not ready for the tag division just yet. And I, I really want the Royal Rumble to happen because once again, we feel like we're in limbo yeah. and there's not really any good feuds happening. No, um, that'll define a good feud that'll lead to the championship match at um, uh, the, uh, WrestleMania, I should say. Well, maybe WrestleMania, because, maybe before. We, we've got a long way to go to WrestleMania after Royal Rumble. Well, hey, speaking of the Rumble, you know who entered? Who entered? Um, Randy Orton. Yay? <laughs> <laughs> Um, great. Oh, oh, but there were some other big happenings this week that we have to discuss. Uh, over on NXT, we now have a number one new contender. Oh, thank you. You took me out of the Randy Orton 
loophole. Yes. Let, let's, let's go talk about shit that's exciting. Ugh. Oh, so we had a NXT. four-way, fatal four-way match to determine the number one contender to go after Andrade Cien Almas's NXT championship. Oh, what a humdinger of a match. Woo! And it was uh, Alistair Black, Killian Dane, Johnny Gargano, and Lars my guy, Sullivan. Bruno San Martino reborn, Lars Sullivan. Only way more athletic than Bruno San Martino. Jesus, he's got Woo. the size and the, and the paws, the huge well, paws we on that guy. We were joking around before we recorded that we were just saying that he is the literal Frankenstein of kind of everything you want in a WWE superstar. Well, I, I, you know Vince has to be looking at him just salivating. Yes. Uh, I mean, this is the thing is you have him in a match with with Killian Dane, who arguably is another really great big guy, just with a lot more back hair. Uh, <laughs> and Lars looked great. I mean, they both looked great. Let's let's let me take another step back. Yes. Everyone in this match looked great. Everyone played their part perfectly. You had two big monsters, one of whom is undefeated. You had Alistair Black, who's basically, you know, a striker killer who's undefeated. You had little Johnny Gargano, a little, little pure white meat baby face, the kind of baby face that you can't build on the main roster for whatever freaking reason. Agreed. And he is so over in NXT. And, uh, and you had just a freaking slobber knocker of a match. Outstanding match. Big spots. Killian Dane splashing Lars through the announce table. Yeah, suicide dive oh through my, the ropes as well. His suicide dive? I stood up in my chair and went, no! Oh, my God. that's That was scary. 300-pound-plus man doing a suicide dive. On to another 300-pound man. Alistair Jesus. Black kicking the crap out of everybody. You had great, like, false finishes. Oh, yeah. this And everyone looked strong coming out of this. Everyone looked strong. Everyone went in looking good. Everyone came out looking good. And... It was a total surprise finish. And the little dude gets the win. Johnny Gargano sneaks in a victory. By the way, we were calling this last week. I forget exactly what we said. We should have gone back and listened to it. But I know we said that Lars wasn't going to what Lars wasn't winning. Alistair wasn't winning because it's too soon for them to lose against. Well, I, picked, I think I picked Alistair. Well, you may have, but you, yeah. you were obviously wrong. Yeah. Uh, as I told you, you were then. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I, I had to look, go back and listen. I'm, I don't know if I said Gargano was going to win. But uh, I said it might have been might have been a possibility because it would make sense because he could actually lose to Almas. Well, he's getting such a push now too. And he's he's, he's have, on NXT every week. You could uh, it times out almost right where maybe Ciampa comes out and call, costs him the victory, which would be awesome. Start that feud up. Um, but what was surprising was Gargano pinned Alistair Black. It's the first time Alistair's been pinned. Yep. Now he still hasn't lost in singles competition, but Gargano pinned Alistair Black. Let, let that sink in for just yeah. a second. After the year that Alistair Black has had, I'm still letting it. It sink was in. Johnny Wrestling, the little Johnny Wrestling, yeah. that pinned the the, how many, the monster that he is. How many weeks in a row now has NXT had match of the week? Like just outstanding, like just been killing it lately. I just I I get anxiety because I get so excited <laughs> just knowing how good NXT is going to be, and of course, and that's just a big feud. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You had over on the women's side, you had a couple of things happen. Uh, Ember Moon had a match against Sonya Deville, who we know is tearing up raw right now but this was a fantastic match as well but ember moon hits her with the eclipse uh, uh wins the match and as she's standing tall in the ring Kyrie sane comes out from the back with her spyglass eyeglass periscope thing and through body language without saying a word says i'm looking at you and i want your belt and i thought that was really clever to uh to have her come out but out of nowhere Shayna baszler comes out and chokes her out Shayna baszler makes her debut Woo-hoo! Yeah. So She's now here, she has arrived. He has a that's, that's a way to make a debut is uh take out the woman who took her out in the May Young Classic. So 
I are we going to have a, a feud between Kyrie and Baszler again? Is it going to be a three-way feud, which I would be most excited for? Ember Moon versus Baszler versus Kyrie Sane. Mm. Mm. Yes, please. And Thank you. At, on a, on just as good as he is at doing everything right, the last words that Mauro Ranallo were heard saying in 2017 on an NXT broadcast were "Mamma Mia." That's only appropriate. What a way to close out. 2017, the last few weeks especially of NXT have been over-the-top amazing. And just those two words right there just sum up everything about it. And as they go dark, well, especially Especially that. for us because we are unrepentant Morrow fans. I mean, of course. We, we could call this show Morrow Wide Open and I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be mad with it. No, no, not at all. Yep. Okay, so a couple other random notes before we leave. Uh, I have to mention this on a giantbomb.com. Uh, I found an article where Kenny Omega and Xavier Woods, both big video game nerds, gave their list of the best video games of 2017. And what you all may not know about us is Nick and myself, we are players of the games that are on video. Yes. And uh, we appreciate a good video game or four. And uh, so this was a particularly interesting list to me. It was a fascinating list because these guys are way... They are way bigger fans of video games than I am. Oh. And that's, that's <laughs> damn well saying something. This list had about a third of the games I, I have never played and I've never heard of. Well, I'm glad I got you to go back and revisit uh, or play Horizon Zero Dawn some more because that yep. is my pick of the year that's for, your pick for of the video year? games. It's Absolutely. certainly up there for me. More I, for technical uh, aspects of what they accomplished in environment building and rendering and things like that that most players just don't even really no went on but the way they were able to do all of that stuff uh, at Guerrilla Games was fantastic so I, I, now I don't want to spoil everything about this list so I'm just going to give you a couple of samples here um, I mean I, real quick I thought it was a crap year for video games overall like you had some some standout titles like Horizon Zero Dawn which might mean my top one two or three yeah uh, Breath of the Wild Legend of Zelda was freaking insane um but I thought that there, there wasn't a whole lot of great other games. I'm sorry, Assassin's Creed, pfft, Call of Duty, pfft, you know, all those games are, are, are just garbage to me. Yeah. Um, and and I, I'm a FromSoft dude. Like, if, there's a, if it's a year where there's not a Bloodborne or a Dark Souls, I don't really care. And uh, I thought Neo was all right, but it didn't really blow my, didn't flip my wig. Yeah. Um, but Kenny Omega, number three, Persona 5. Mm-hmm. And uh, Xavier's was South Park, fracture, the fractured but whole. Yep. Careful how I say that. Uh, Xavier's number two was Battle Chef Brigade, huh? And Kenny's number two was Super Mario Mario Odyssey, which is agree with that one. Yeah, you see that number one, Kenny Omega, Resident Evil Seven. Fuck off. Which, <laughs> hey man, if you dig that kind of thing, that was a. I thought that game was a little too short. I, I love, I I love little, Resident Evil games. Let me be clear. I've been playing them since the nineties. It was not anywhere near close to the game of the year. Now, I, I would I would tend to agree. It was a great game, but it was a great not, game. But it uh, not, no, not, no. not number one. Well, then you're going to have a you're going to have a conniption over oh this. Boy. Xavier Woods, number one game of the year. Now, again, this is their personal choice. I, sure. Let me let me clarify that. Yeah. His number one, Tekken Seven. Well, okay. I know. All right. All right. No comment. All right. All right. I, I'm, hey, I'm a I'm a Tekken lover. I get it. Anyway, you can only play so many fighting games over the course of the last twenty to thirty years that we've had them. It's absurd how many of those versions that we have. Street Fighter 2 is my all-time favorite, if I'm going to throw them out there. But Tekken 7 as game of the year, was it? did it really innovate anything? Did it really break new ground? Did it really it introduce anything new? It was his favorite game of the year. Fine. Okay. 
That was that's I'll, the bottom I can line. Take that like, for, it's like me bitching about how there were no yeah. really good games this year. That's just my personal yeah. feeling about it. You know, I played I played some good games, but nothing was really like mind like oh my god, I can't believe I played that. I'm just waiting for Red Dead Redemption two. That's all. Yeah. Oh, you and me both. Well, hey, I know over the next few weeks we're going to be uh, leading up to the Royal Rumble, which will lead us down the fast lane through the roadblock of to rest anyway. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of fantasy booking. A lot of story is going to get developed, hopefully, over the course of the next four weeks as more and more superstars announce themselves. But I've started to hear some rumbles this week in particular of something that I'm not really sure how to take. And I started asking questions of what would prevent it from happening. And then I started getting on board with it actually happening. And that is Jericho makes his surprise return entering into the rumble. He will be one of our surprise Guys that, that come down when the clock resets. But he's not the only one. I'm hearing that two or three people later, Kenny Omega himself will be entering the Royal Rumble. And while at first this, I went, oh, that's not possible. There's no way it's going. These guys are independent contractors. They're, it, it, they're, Vince McMahon could write a big enough check if he was willing to do it to get him to come over and enter into the Royal Rumble. Now, that's not to say that either of them would ever win it. But you got to admit that would get some crazy pops. The roof would come off the building. Yes, it would. <laughs> the roof would come off my house. Yes, uh, if that happened, I think that that is pretty out there at this point. Kenny has made it clear that you know he's getting a lot more creative freedom in in New Japan. He's able to do the kind of things that he wants. Um, he definitely would not get those in WWE. Uh, if he came in kind of under the shelter of Jericho, it would make more sense. Yep. It would be really cool to see that feud cross over to WWE. Historically speaking, I could see WWE not wanting to do that because, you know, they, they've they referenced AJ Nakamura being big in Japan, and they've kind of referenced some of the feuds that happened with Finn and AJ's. Well, that's the thing. Finn and AJ never really had a feud. It was more that they were in the Bullet Club and... yeah. I don't know. They, they, they don't like to talk about other companies' storylines. And, and New Japan has that problem, too, with you know Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi want to have a match, but they want to be able to reference their DDT time, and New Japan doesn't want to do that. So it's... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that's fanboy speculation still, but uh, at the same time, if they're... Yeah, that's one of those things where I, I want it to happen so much that I'm not willing to write it off. I'll <laughs> okay, put it yeah. that way. That's a good way to put it. Well, hey, we're still four weeks out. Give me your one crazy thing off the top of your head that you think could happen or that you'd like to see at the Royal Rumble. Maybe it's a surprise win. Maybe it's a surprise entry. What's your one thing that would be so out there like a Kenny Omega appearance uh, as far as uh, off the top of your head, what do you got? I mean, I don't think I have anything as out there as a Kenny Omega, you know, entrance. Okay. Uh, Neville returning. Ooh, now see, that's a good one. You know what I mean? Like Neville suddenly being like, "By the way, we're all good. No problem with WWE. I'm back." Yeah, that would be one that that would that would make me happy. Um, I could see a lot of lot more cross brand stuff between NXT. Like I, I expect to see four to five of the NXT oh, sure. men show up in here. I wouldn't be surprised if Adam Cole came over. I would uh, be surprised if Adam Cole came over. You would. Okay. I would be. I, I, I would think it would be someone who's got a little bit less going on. If Velveteen Dream is healthy in time. Velveteen Dream, I absolutely could see. Or Noe Jose. Early entry. Yeah, out. Some, someone like that who's got a lot of cachet in NXT uh, and is kind of at the point where they don't really have anything going on in NXT right now, and can jump up and do something on the main roster. Here's a crazy I'm more, one. I'm more, I'm more, I'm more like the women's Royal Rumble is the one where I think a lot like Lita coming back or Trish Stratus or 
um, someone from that era, Beth Phoenix, yeah, Beth, someone like that coming out. Like we've seen a lot of the older guys come back in rumbles. We haven't had any chance to ever see some women come back and and you know kind of have a, a reunion tour, if you will. Like come on, if you can have uh, guys like Jake the Snake or DDP or uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan come back in the men's or Tatanka. For yeah. God's sake, like you can absolutely bring back some of the women from from previous eras and and have fun with it. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing all that, especially with the the signature part of it being the first ever, right? You know, making a spectacle, show of the it history. The, absolutely, I'll throw one more teaser crazy thing at you, and then we we'll move on. John Cena wins the Royal Rumble. I've heard that speculated online. I think that would be a freaking awful move. I agree completely. On but multiple as levels. I've said many times throughout the year, they've got to get him to a WWE Championship match no, they don't. at WrestleMania. No, they don't. Roman Reigns can have his Universal title, but I think it's going to be Cena for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania <sighs> for his 17th to break that record. I still If, on board if with anything, that he might be facing The Undertaker. I don't see him doing I, the, uh, the I could get on board with that too. You know what? I, I could absolutely get on board. Make it into some kind of... Thing like that sure. it'll be better than the roman reigns undertaker match and you know i don't think that should be the last match of the undertaker's career or maybe just have the undertaker, undertaker come out as as the american badass or as mark calloway it doesn't have to be the undertaker you i know don't what I, mean? him, I don't want him in on motorcycle though please don't do that or with the kid rock theme no oh oh no no american badass let it die no. all right so that has been our show for this week Next week, we'll be coming back with more Raw and SmackDown live recaps. Next week's also Wrestle Kingdom 12. Yes! We'll be doing a recap show after that. And also, uh, early, early next week, before we do the, the, the Raw and SmackDown show, let's do a recap show, 2017. Okay. We'll throw in a bonus episode where we'll do it uh, uh, talking about everything that happened in 2017, our best matches, our best feuds, our Worst feuds, our worst matches, best wrestler, worst wrestler, uh, stuff we learned, all kinds of fun. We can just talk about the whole year. It's our first year of doing a podcast, so we can look back on what we've done and what you guys have come along for the ride with or, or what you're just jumping on the train with us with, and we can just have a great time talking about that. It'll be our own version of the Slammies. We just have to come up with a name for it. So, listeners, if you have ideas for the names, you know, send us tweets. Come over and join us the in busties? the Busties. The, the Busties. The Busties. Maybe. Maybe. That could, well, that's a little <laughs> phrasing. I know? don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, also, we got to talk. I mean, next. Next week, Raw and SmackDown, uh, we just found out Joe is going to get another shot at the Intercontinental title. Yes. Only this time, if Roman is disqualified, he loses the title. Yes. Champion's advantage is gone. So that's happening next Monday on Raw. Uh, we're going to find out if Seth and Jason Jordan can work together on SmackDown. We're going to see what Shane's going to do next. Uh, and we'll also find out if Michael Cole is actually going to have a full orgasm. He's going to come to completion while saying the big dog. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we'll find all of that out next week on Raw and SmackDown. And we'll be back to tell you all about it. Yes, we will. And head over to Facebook and join us in the Busted Wide Open discussion group. We'd love to hear about some of your favorite moments of 2017, who you think some of the contenders for our new Busties awards that we're going to have. Maybe. I don't know. You can also send them to us on Twitter, at BWO Podcast. And if you want to rock some sweet swag heading into 2018, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash store. Pick up a t-shirt, phone case, coffee mug, stickers, all that good stuff. Busty Sport Bra. Ooh. Busty now, Sports Bra. Yeah. We could brand that. I trademarked that stuff. Well, hey, I'm Nick Howell. You can find me over on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. Oh, God. Can somebody stop the damn match. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.